Hello and welcome to Nerd Punches Nerd, the Game of Thrones episode, The Climb. Warning, there are spoilers for all A Song of Ice and Fire books. Alright, so let's get started. Uh, I'm Jeremy, here with Sam. Benji is supposed to join us in a couple minutes. We are eagerly awaiting his arrival. Right. But in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about this most recent episode of Game of Thrones, which is called The Climb. And it seems like there's definitely that theme that was going throughout the entire episode, that's for sure. Considering it was encapsulated in the closing monologue. Yeah, I've noticed that a few of the episodes seem to have themes. Um mm-hmm. Uh, some of them don't, but I remember reading some interview with um, with one of the showrunners where he basically, like, mocked the idea of having themes in episodes and said, like, none of the episodes have a theme, you know, we're just, like, putting on a show. I don't remember what the quote was. No, but, you're um, right. He did say he, that. He said, I forget if it was, if it was um, um, uh, Benioff or who's the other one? Weiss. Weiss? I forget to, which uh, one it was. To old Jews. That's right. You know what they say about Jews in Hollywood. Yeah, I know, exactly. They make awesome entertainment. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, so, I don't know. He, he says that, but it seems like sometimes the themes are what I would call very obvious. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and part of it is that the episodes are written by different people. So certain writers like to have an episode with a theme, and other writers don't care. So, right, you know, any, any TV show is going to be like that. Okay, so the thing that's interesting about the series is that, yes, you sort of have these showrunners who are kind of being the overarching guys. They have teams of writers as well. However, what will happen is you only have one person as the credit because they're sort of the person who does sort of the pulling it together, doing everything set up. So... Benioff and Weiss have done most of the episodes in the season, and they will continue to have done most of them. They did the first one, Valor do Jerez, you know, the right. first thing. Right. And then they also did The Walk of Punishment, which was very good, the one that ended with Jamie's hand getting cut off. Right. And the one after that, where Daenerys uh, you know, gets the Unsullied, they did this most recent one, the climb, and they're going to do the last three. The one that's run. That's when right you say new, they did it, you mean they have the primary? They're credited. Credit for now, for writing. Yeah, it's almost impossible to know exactly who exactly wrote what, because as the showrunners, they kind of have last call in some ways about a lot of this stuff. Although they don't entirely, because there's a couple of different stakeholders here. There's them, of course, the showrunners, because they're the primary people running the show here. But then there's George R. R. Martin, who's still a big part of it, and you know he does have inputs, even though he doesn't have creative control, he is a producer. And of course HBO is still, you know, paying for it, so they have a say. Up to a point, but they still do. Right. So it's a little vague exactly what happens, and you never know precisely what's gonna happen. Sorry about that. Yeah, so yeah. you have so so you have these episodes, and they're written by different people. And some episodes seem to have are, are you know are more thematic, I guess you could say, than others. Right. And this one def- definitely had a theme. And yet it. it was by those two guys. And yet it was by those by the two showrunners. Yeah. So Vanessa Taylor, who's written some before, wrote "Dark Wings, Dark Words," the second mm-hmm. one, which was another sort of setup one. And Brian Cogman wrote last week's, which I really liked. And, like I said, George R. R. Martin is going to write next week's The Bear and the Maiden Fair, which, you know, we probably have some idea what it's going to be about, I assume. Right? Um, right. Yeah, do we... Now, we, we, we have spoilers. So yes, spoilers. We can just openly talk about this, right? Definitely. Okay, so basically what we're anticipating is the scene with Brienne in the bear pit and, you know, the whole thing with Jamie and all of that, um, which it seems it seems pretty clear from the way that, that they set it up in this past episode 
where Jamie is released, but Brienne is held still, you know, that like, they're setting it up so that he can come back. Right. You know, even though it didn't, it's not happening exactly the way it happened in the book, but it's close enough that, you know, you can, you can foresee it. Although, Bruce Bolton does not seem like the kind of guy who would, like, put Brienne in a bear pit, you know, in the way that Vargo Hote did in the book. Vargo Hote was a very, very a different character. Point. So I wonder, will Bolton leave? Will he go someplace to allow that to happen? Like, will he start... Well, so here's the question. So what's going to happen to Brienne in the pit? Is she going to be saved? I I mean, I imagine it'll play out largely like it does in the books. It, mm. would, it would definitely surprise me if, if it didn't. Right. So I guess I'm trying to decide about what might happen. So... Let's see. Well, in the book, pretty much what happens is they put her in the pit, and she has like a like a blunt sword or something like that, right? Okay, it's all right. Like, a little research has done has yeah. revealed that in the book, Bolton does something similar, where he says, "Okay, I'm going to send Jamie off," and then Jamie says, "Send Rob Stark my regards," and then Brienne gives. I'm sorry, Bolton gives Brienne to the Brave Companions for that ransom for the Sapphires thing and then leaves Harrenhal, leaving Vargo Hope. So okay. then he throws her in. So the truth is it could still work the same way because uh, okay. then Jamie comes back with the Bolton's men. So that still works because then he would just leave and instead of it being Hope, it could just be Block again being mad that he doesn't get those Sapphires he wanted. I, um... I noticed somebody, one of my friends pointed out that he thought it was weird that they invented this character, Locke, to play this role in the show when, um, in the book, Bruce Bolton has a lieutenant. You know, his name is, uh, Steelshanks Walton. And, you know, it would, it just seems like obvious that, like, he would be Bruce Bolton's right hand man. So, like, why invent this other guy? You know, it just doesn't sort of, it doesn't add up. Unless they're going to do something like really weird and different with this with this guy Locke, but you know, I mean, what what's the purpose? Why not just make him Walton? Well, I don't know. I mean, don't forget in Heron Hall, Jorge or Rorge. I really don't know how his name is supposed to be pronounced. <laughs> I think it's Rorge. I don't think it's Jorge. <laughs> and Biter um, are are there at some point? Or, I think you know Biter. A Biter, yeah. yeah. I think. I think that's how his name is pronounced. Alright. So, hmm. And eventually Clegane kills him. So I guess... Clegane kills who? Vargo Hope? Yeah, eventually. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't remember all the details of it, but it's something like he ends up just being like tied up and starved to death or something like that. I, I don't remember the specific way. Pieces, but I'm sure... Like Clegane came up with a very pleasant way to do it, as is his want. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they really, they really have sort of de-emphasized. In this yeah, show and you know what? Just how That's a fucking crazy and sadistic Gregory well, you know, Clegane is. The problem, I mean, they, they kind of mention it. Well, they, yeah, okay. they, they hint at it, and like there's they a few talk instances. About it. They talk about it sometimes, but like you don't really feel the same impact with his character that you do in the book. Well, that's because you had so much with Arya. In the book, First he's, he's basically like a force of nature. Well, yeah, and you saw a lot of it with Arya's perspective when she was at Harrenhal. And right. we didn't get that. Right. And the truth is, we could have still gotten a lot of that if Tywin was still there. Because he was there. Gregor was there. But, you know, they didn't have time, it seems, to really deal with that. And we didn't see Clegane do anything really that bad, except in the first season, and they changed actors for whatever reason. And then the second actor, he's still tall, but he's not, like, bulky. Doesn't really yeah. fit as much for right, me. Right. But even so, he didn't do anything. He was just sort of there and listened to him a little bit, and Tywin just told him to do stuff. We didn't really see much from him. You know, it, we hear about him, but that's really all. And it's kind it's of too bad annoying. that Wilt Chamberlain passed away. 
Oh, it was it would he have been the perfect He would have Gregor? been the perfect Gregor Clegane. I mean, don't we all remember his performance in Conan the Destroyer? No. You don't? Oh, okay. So I guess we don't all remember his performance in Conan the Destroyer, but I remember. I don't know. I don't remember what he did in that. He whatever, he played like a big strong guy who was really big and tall, as is Wilt Chamberlain being big and tall. Um he was not a good actor. Yeah, uh... It happens. So, why is Hote Hot not used? I don't know for sure. It could be because of his, you know, lisp. It could be because they just wanted to consolidate. If they really didn't like the lisp, they could have just had him not have a lisp. Yeah. Right? Like, that, that seems like it's not a big deal. Um, I think that it was just, like, one character too many. Because there yeah, are but... so many characters already. Well, Locke is a new character. Right, right. But, I mean, maybe maybe Steel Shanks Walton just won't be on the show. Well, okay, so if, if what you're saying is they combined Hope with Walden, then why don't they just get rid of Walden and still combine them? And just call him Vargo Hope and keep the name? I don't have an answer for you. I'm just saying that would have been what I would think makes more sense. Okay. Well, that's my opinion anyway. Because, yeah, I don't really understand why they did it that way. I understand why some things are done in the way of streamlining and making it faster. I mean, it's not like the Brave Companion people didn't go to Hall. You know, they are kind of... They're, I mean, in a sense, they're sort of working for Bolton's indirectly. Just not, right. you know, not exactly like in the sort of direct way that, the, that he is in the show. So yeah, it is a little confusing. I mean, if he had just introduced himself as Varga Hote, I probably would have forgotten about the list. Because I, I didn't, I read about it in some kind of, someone saying that they thought maybe that was why they didn't use him. And then, then I remembered, oh, right, he does have that weird way of talking. Yeah, but, I mean, that, that seems like a really silly reason to just invent an entirely new character. Um, anyway, so, well, what, anyway what, I don't want to spend the whole time talking about, like, the difference between the show and the books, because, you know, even though we both read the books and we love the books and we think the books are really awesome, um, I think that it's it's still, you know, I'd rather talk about this episode in terms of its merits of, like, what did it do well, and what did it do poorly? Right, okay. So, I think that this episode had a few good elements of, let's set up something that's going to be important. And it also had a few spinning wheels types of things. For example, the Sam and Gilly thing, he introduced the Obsidian thing, which is kind of critical. Right. You know, sort of setting up, hopefully what will probably become like the Slayer thing. I would assume. And obviously something actually happened with John where you know, they got over the wall. So that's sort of like, you know, that's a plot area. With Arya, that was another specific plot point. Not just setting something up, but actually like changing something. Right. But as for the rest of it, I'm not sure. For example, did we really need to see the Theon torture scene? Was that really something that gave us as the viewer anything useful? Now, as book readers, we know what this is almost certainly about. But the real question is, do we really need to see it? Well, is it too much? I mean, Would we be I'm, better I'm not actually it? concerned with us seeing it. I mean, granted, it was done very differently in the books. In the books, Theon just disappears. And, like, nobody knows what happened to him. For like two solid books, nobody nobody has any idea. And then when he shows up, finally, like a lot of this stuff has already happened. So right, I mean, you thought he had died. Of, they're 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 like filling in yeah. that gap. Now, I really like the way that Martin did it in the book in this case, because there's there's this weird, you know, there's a lot of tension. You don't know what happened to Theon. He could be dead. Um, or he could be, you know, we could be in a dungeon being tortured, or 
You know, like we have no idea. And then when we find out that he isn't a dungeon and he is being tortured, it turns out to be like way worse than we ever imagined. Um, so, so I kind of, I'm, I am a little bit unhappy with the way that they brought that in so early. I mean, that was already in like the second episode of the season, I think, right? So do you think it would have been better if it was something like halfway through the season? Yeah, either either halfway through the season or possibly just like not even in the season at all. Or maybe like right or very close to the end. Yeah. I mean, I think maybe, okay, so I don't know how they're going to end the season with his storyline, but let me just give you a, a sample idea. We already saw one situation where he's getting tortured, then the guy lets him out, and then he brings him back. Now imagine if that was how Theon's ended for this season. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a cool ending. Like what? Just that, that first moment when like when he walks into the chamber and he sees that big X thing, right? Yeah, and he realizes he told, he's yes. back where he started. And yeah, I love that, the way that he acted. Been a really cool ending. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, absolutely. and you know the the actor Alfie Allen, he did a great job in that scene of like the horror, fight, like the despair. Like, no, seeing it again. That was great. Yeah. And that would, and if he said, I brought him back, you know, where he belongs with this, the creepy smile, which he also did a really good job of, again, like acting wise, I think that would have been the perfect place to end that story for the season. And then people, you know, who didn't know what would happen would be confused, but not like, I feel like I've heard some complaints, and I think some of them are legitimate, but there's a little bit of repeating itself here. You know, he, he it's just one week he gets tortured, the next week he gets tortured. I mean, yeah. well, it, it sort I, of loses I its think, impact. I think what they're doing is they're trying to build up... Um, how bad it uh, is for the, him? The, no, not, not how bad it is for him, but the character, um, the bastard of Bolton. They're trying to build yeah. him up as this horrible villain. Um, because they mentioned him on the show briefly... But, like, anyone who hasn't read the books probably already forgot about all that. Because it wasn't, right. like, a big deal. It was just, like, kind of a throwaway situation. Um, in the book, he's mentioned with a little bit more regular frequency, even though he doesn't appear very much. Um, sure, I just think... talk about him, so you still you kind yeah. of remember that he's still around. So so I think what they're doing is they're mm. trying to say, like, you know, this guy is is, like, really fucked up. But I just think that there's enough material that they could have just had this half season end like that and still built him up additionally the next season too. And that would have been enough to have like a something interesting. I guess the the question is how much do we really need to get from the bastard? You know, obviously he hasn't been named yet, so they're trying not to tell us, although they are giving hints like he's flaying, it's an X, so if you really were careful you could probably you could figure it out. But I do have so. actually one one complaint about those scenes. It's really technical. Okay. But um, at least at least in the most recent episode, you see Theon and he's like tied to this giant X thing, and it's really like brightly lit, and there's like these big windows with like sunlight coming in, and that was very jarring to me because you think I it had, should be I'd imagine these scenes like taking place deep in some dungeon underground. Where it, and if I remember from the books right, like Theon has no idea whether it's day or night. Like you know, he there's no time in his world. It's just you know when he's being tortured, when he's not being tortured. So you know that was that was very jarring to me to to see these scenes taking place like in this big open you know windowed sunlight room. Um, that's it's just not it's not only not how I pictured it, but I it's very odd to see it depicted that way. Hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Alright. I guess that makes sense. Uh, I think you have a point. I guess I just didn't notice that. I just sort of was caught up in the ambience, I suppose. Right, but that's part of the ambience. Alright, so I think I think we're kind of in agreement for now. I suppose we won't really know until the end of the season to see whether the arc really made sense. But here, you know, a little bit over halfway through the season, 
it seems like it wasn't quite how, you know, it would make sense. And I have heard complaints from people, and this is part of what I'm saying, too. From my perspective, I found Episode 6 to be relatively weak, especially in comparison to the previous three, which were great. By which I mean three, four, and five, which I liked a lot. You know, the one, okay. you know, hand cut off. But, I thought this episode was well. I I didn't think that it was so dramatically different from from the last three episodes in terms of its quality. Um, one okay. thing, one thing that's been I think a consistent theme in this season is that they're playing up the the cheese factor a little bit. Um, in particular, I would say in Danny's story, in John's story, and in you know, Arya's interaction with the with the Brotherhood. Although, like in this most recent episode, like the Brotherhood actually did something that was maybe a little bit villainous or at least, you know, morally questionable in terms of, you know, allowing basically selling Gendry to uh to the 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 Red Priestess. Um, yeah, I think okay, well that's I, and I think I think they're doing this on purpose. I think this is like a deliberate decision by Benioff and Weiss to to make you know John's story a little bit cheesy to make Danny's story a little bit cheesy right and then the Brotherhood Without Banners we're already like starting to get a little bit of that where we see like oh the Brotherhood Without Banners they fight for the you know for the the common folk for the small folk they're they're so noble and good and you know and then we see that they're actually not like really so noble and good and that's you know so it, it gives us a little taste of like you know what's going to happen when um, when Beric Dondarrion actually is get, does get killed and does not come back to life, and then they, they get taken over, um, you know, mm-hmm. by uh, Lady Stoneheart, um, and and the Brotherhood of Banners just basically becomes completely. I don't well, I don't know if corrupt is the right word, but um, they lose sight of their ideals, right? And um, the reason that I'm mentioning all this is because I think that they're playing up the cheesiness of a lot of these plot lines specifically so that the Red Wedding will be more shocking when it happens. I think they're trying to make people forget a little bit that this is the, that's the kind of story that this is, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's almost like a trick they're playing on the viewers. Okay. Well, I think, well, okay. I think yes, probably that's true for some of this. So anyway, talking about the Igrit stuff. Yeah. I think that you could predict that something bad's going to happen there, either with John or with Igrit. Now we've talked before about how this whole everybody can die thing is a little bit inaccurate in some ways because it seems like everybody can die except for the characters that George R. R. Martin likes. You know, I really don't think Arya's going to die until maybe the end, if at all. I don't think Daenerys is going to die except until the end, if at all. Same thing for Tyrion. And I don't, and I'm not sure about Sansa. I could see her surviving as well. And Bran, I think, it's hard to say, maybe he'll transcend into some new sort of state of reality. Maybe he'll die... It's hard to say with him, because we sort of get less of that character than anyone else. Maybe Rickon will be the last survivor. I guess what I'm saying is, it seems like any of the secondary characters can die at any point. Well, you say that, and yet, like, in the fifth book, and now we have to be really careful, because if I'm going to spoil something that happens at the end of the fifth book, even (laughs) people who have read the books, like, you know, that's like a little bit... Um, you know. Okay, but I know bit, what you're talking but, about. But yes, um, let's just say that what you're saying is is not entirely accurate. So someone who is a significant point of view character does get killed. Yes, that is true. Even so, I wouldn't be surprised if he, she, or it somehow managed to get his, her, its way back to life in the next one. Um, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, 
the thing is, because most, except for Sanda, they've all sort of encountered, well, and I guess, you know what? Hey, that's kind of an interesting point. Everyone other than Sansa sort of encountered something magical, and she's the one whose wolf died. Okay, interesting. I'm just saying, you know, Nymeria is still is out there running wild. You know, Ghost is still around. Obviously, Ren and Shaggy Dog still have, yeah, I'm sorry, Ren and Rickon still have their dogs. Yeah, although, I mean, um, Rob didn't really encounter anything magical or, or like, supernatural, I wouldn't say. Well, they, he did seem to work with him, but no, he didn't. But, you know, he's, then again, you know what happened to that guy. What it, what it is. Hey! Benji, hey! Benji did manage to get on. I know he's not going to be on for very long. Yeah, my throat is fucking sore right now. Um pretty sick right now but what's up well we've been talking a little bit about this last episode of Doom of Thrones and what we think is working or not working so far and why we think they might be making certain choices Sam was just saying that he thinks that they're trying to make the John a great thing a little cheesy to sort of set the, the audience up to feel worse when and if bad well, things happen. Did, did you do a spoiler alert at the beginning of this? Yes. Yeah, 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 we did. Yeah, it's because it's a major spoiler alert. I mean, um, the John and Agrid thing, it's not just for John and Agrid and her story and, you know, what happens to her. But I think that they're they're being cheesy with that. I think they're being cheesy with what I was saying um, with, with Daenerys and with, um, with Arya and the Brotherhood Without Banners. All of them, and just generally in order to make it more shocking when the Red Wedding happens. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, 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 I generally think, though, I think Amelia Clark is good. I find her to be kind of a weak link, in my opinion, but, like, but like a lot of people disagree with that, which is fine. But I think she's too overdramatic anyway. Um, like, where are my dragons? I, I've not been terribly compelled by a lot of the Daenerys stuff, except when she was a Drogo. That's I think thing, it's hard to be overdramatic when you're playing a Targaryen. <laughs> I guess that's true. No, that's true. And listen, it was awesome when she started speaking in Valyrian. That, that was cool. But, um, but like, um... Yeah, it was good. Um, but, um, I, so, I mean, I don't, I don't like how they put, how they put Roz in. I don't think that was necessary. Really, um, just in general, I think it's fine. I was fine dealing with it, um, but uh, but you know, I'm fine to see her go. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't thing, hate here's, her, but I did, yeah, no, she, 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 she just seemed. Fine. Well, it just seemed like it was a little superfluous because at first I thought, oh, they're setting something up, and then it seemed like, oh, they just used an excuse to show that Littlefinger and Joffrey are kind of assholes. But we all we kind of knew that. It didn't really do anything new for that. I mean, it it sort of is saying, well, Varys cares about the realm in a matter of speaking. And I think that's true that he does, but that doesn't necessarily mean he wants particular people to be in power. As so a, here's... You know. can, can I just point something out about Littlefinger's speech? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, acknowledging that, that the scene between Littlefinger and Varys was awesome, and pretty much every single scene that has Varys in it is awesome, because... The guy, the guy who plays him, I, I don't know his name, but he's... Conleth Hill is the guy's name. What's his name? Conleth Hill. It's okay, a very yes, British yes. name. Conleth yeah, that's Hill. super... He's, he's fantastic. Um, yeah. But I just want to point out, Littlefinger's speech, where he, he says, oh, you know, the realm doesn't exist, and, you know, all this stuff is... Or, these are all illusions, and the only thing that matters is the ladder. He's wrong. Like, objectively wrong. I just want to point that out. The realm is not an illusion. It's an actual thing. You know, what Varys, what Varys cares about, Varys' values are, are real things. Like, he cares about peace. He cares about people not having, like, not getting slaughtered. He cares about, you know, the, the kingdoms not descending into chaos. Of course, Littlefinger wants them to descend into chaos because that's good for him. But, um, I, I feel like he made the speech and it's supposed to be like this profound speech, like, um, you know, like, like, 
Gordon Gecko and Wall Street saying greed is good. Um, but he's, yeah. he's off the mark. All it really shows is that Littlefinger is a sociopath. Yeah, well, he's definitely is a sociopath. Well, he's, he's not okay, the only so, one either in the series. Yeah, I, I also think it's kind of a, just a... Uh, maybe, maybe this is stretching a little too far. I thought it was kind of a weak metaphor with, uh, with um, like, there's chaos, there's only a ladder. It's just weird. It's like chaos is... I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't the best written metaphor. Yeah, but it, but it's fine. I didn't have such an issue with it. What um, I think the main thing I'm having issues with, um, I thought that the, the Jamie and Brienne stuff was done very well. I think Jamie's really been shining this season, as he does in Storm of Swords. But in um, what I don't like is they're trying to push this whole like homophobic thing. You know what I mean? They're just like adding in there, and that's and like. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to bring it up. Like, like, like you know, like I'm all, I'm all for I'm all for them trying to like portray portray that there are like gay characters and and things like that, and, and that's and that's fine. And and but the thing is, it seems like it's a cheap ploy for us to be against those people. So you have you have Joffrey saying he wants to make it uh, like illegal, and and Tywin like almost saying it, being slightly more reasonable, but like you yeah. Know, and then you I, know, I, I, it was dumb. I thought part. it was a little like it's it's a cheap pop. You know well, I mean? so, so yeah, but I mean, I think the show the show is sympathetic to Loras. Like Loras is a likable character. Yes, but I think on the yeah. on the contrary side, I think that they're also that not playing him well this season in particular. Because yeah, I, even with the thing where Tywin says, "I want to have a skilled warrior on the King's Guard," obviously, what we saw of him in this episode is him. Oh, I love gowns. Yeah. And yeah, of course, and girls, obviously. He basically said that. And yeah. I thought, come on. Loris isn't an idiot. He's not going to say that. He knows right. he knows how to charm a lady. So my 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 issue was is that is that is that, you know, like it didn't seem like in the Westeros world they were like particularly homophobic. It's just they thought it was kind of weird. You know what I mean? That was more of what it was. They make little jokes. But it didn't seem like anyone was really getting really into it. You know, well, I think it's, they, they, I, they made a bigger deal about the incest thing. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that... The, but I think, well, what I think we even hear, on the show, everyone agrees that incest is a much bigger deal. Yeah, well... Yeah. I think there's a little bit of the homosexuality thing in the books where it's talked about. Well, you know, it happens sometimes, but... You know, some lords are like that. But as long as they also have heirs, nobody really cares is usually what happens the deal. Well, in the books, yeah. there are no characters who are explicitly gay, right? Uh, there's a couple that are called out as such, but it's not very common. I mean, I mean, I'm not counting like Renly and Loras, you know, being that their their relationship was sort of hinted at or whatever. But I'm saying like actually explicitly, um, unless you count Lynn Corbray, but he's really a pedophile, so that's a little different. Mm. Who, who, Varys? No, uh, Lynn Corbray. Uh, whoever that guy. That... That, one, of, one of the one of the lords of the Vale. Right. No, I know what you're talking about. I like. Well, I can give you another example. That whoever was Satin's lord from the Wall. Who? Yeah. Satin. Oh, Satin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Remember, true. like he tried. You know, there was a whole thing, and you know, he sent him away because of that. I mean, he clearly and, and Satin wasn't a baby. He wasn't like a kid. You know, he was old enough to be like. Yeah, he looked a little. Youngish, but he was still, you know, old enough to be married, which is old enough not to be a pedophile in Game of Thrones terms. Anyway, yeah. But other yeah. than that, I mean, there there are like comments here and there, but there's I don't know if there's anything else explicit about other than it. That I don't know. Well, I mean, a lot of a lot of the Dornish people are bisexual, but right, that's not right. quite the same thing. That's true. And 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 I wouldn't be surprised if they showed that, you know, in the show. It's fine. But um, but um, wait. Did you guys talk about Ramsey yet? A little bit, yeah. What was your thought? It seemed like you had a thought when we were speaking earlier, Jimmy, so, about the Ramsey. What I was saying is, I thought it would have been a little bit more effective in the season, based on what I've heard of non-book readers. If they had done that arc with the bastard, just up to the point where he gets returned for the first time. And ended his arc in the season that way. What do you mean? Meaning, if they'd only had it where we see him getting tortured, and this and this one boy helping him out, then he helps him escape, 
and then he gets tracked down, and the boy helps him out, and then brings him back. I think, and if he had said, "I brought you back," you know, where he, where he belongs, I think that would have been a little bit more dramatic. I, mean, I don't understand. Isn't that isn't that what happened? No, after that they had. There were two different episodes where he was just getting tortured. No, Jeremy's saying like if that had been the end of the season, that would have been you know for Theon. Really for Theon, if that had been the end of the season, because okay, okay. they've already I, had. I I, I do two. sort of agree, but it seems like they're trying to also show. I, I really am fine with this. I think they're they're trying to show what happens with Ramsay and his torture and all that stuff. And maybe next season they go into you know everything he does next. You know what I mean? I mean, I assume, yeah. But I guess I just feel like. It's not odd enough. It's not weird enough to make it. I think that the problem with this kind of thing is that it loses its impact. One of the strengths of the way it was done in the book is that we don't know what happens, and suddenly we see the aftermath, and that's what makes it so shocking because we didn't see any and, of and what that, happened. He does. He does that really well. I mean, George R. R. Martin just does that really well. Right. Whereas if you um, keep seeing torture, eventually it's going to get to the point. You have to become a little nearer to it. It becomes less relevant. Well, I mean, who knows what they'll do? Maybe they will, you know, maybe they'll show Aftermath later. Maybe he'll get, you know, maybe it'll be after he gets castrated or something like that. Well, I assume that they will do that kind of thing. I don't know if they're going to have a time jump or anything. But yeah. I just felt like maybe it wasn't the most effective way to do it. I think they think it's a, it is a good idea to have included them in the season, but maybe not the way they did it. Um. Wait, by the way, did that happen in the, in the books where they climb the wall like that? That scene? Almost the same. What about yeah, it? Yeah, it's it was it was pretty much the same, although from what I remember from the book it wasn't it wasn't quite so silly. Like I actually thought oh. it was like it was like a little bit silly the way they did it. It was and and I watched it I watched the show with a bunch of people who were not book readers and there was no real tension at all. Like oh, nobody yeah. mm-hmm. nobody actually thought that John or Egret was going to fall and die, um, you know. So the the whole scene was just kind of predictable, which is a shame. I think it would have been better if they'd done it if they'd included something else that was in the book, which was that like there was another team of climbers that were climbing like parallel to them, who like all fell in this avalanche, and they they you know, and there was nothing anyone could do, and they like they all just fell and died. Um, and if happened. they had done that on the show, that's what happened, know, right? Um, yeah, but it wasn't like a group. It was like two people. It was like one or two guys that fell, but it wasn't. It just wasn't. It didn't have the same impact. I think that that what the way that it was depicted in the book. Um, but also, like there was, you know, there was no way. Like we never, we never really thought that anything was going to happen to them. So, like, what's the point of doing it then? Right. Right. All right. Well, I, um, is, is is there anything else um, for right now? Anything else you'd like me to discuss? I got to get off. <laughs> All right. And uh, he's the expert. <laughs> Shabbat shalom. All right, later. All right. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Well, I guess before we finish up here, I guess you know, we could talk about what we think was working, what we thought you know, worked well. Um, well, okay. So despite my despite my complaints about the the stuff with with John and Grit being a little cheesy, especially the climb itself. Um, pretty much everything with the grit on it is awesome because she's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I I adore her. I mean, I liked her character in the books, but I adore the way that they that they depict her on the show. Um, so that's a that's a definite highlight for me. Um, I thought that the the scene with with Tywin and the Queen of Thorns was pretty awesome. I mean, you know, putting aside the weird homophobic kind of yeah that was a little odd theme but that was I going did, on yeah it was it was a little I weird but but putting that aside it was a pretty awesome scene um so i like that um she did have a great ending at the end he's like what a pleasure it is to finally meet someone who lives up to his reputation yeah yeah exactly <laughs> well um so yeah. that was good um what else did i like and of course you know the um, the conversation between Littlefinger and Varys, even even after my critic I mean, my criticism of, <laughs> of Littlefinger is just that you know that he's a sociopath. But um, but the scene was good. I mean, any any scene with Varys and Littlefinger is going to be good. So, I guess so those question, were my those are my highlights. 
is if you think it's be, the show's being a little too obvious with these sociopathic tendencies. Well, I think they were a little too obvious in season one. Okay. But, but, but I mean, you're saying, so by this point, it's fine. By this point, like, we know. Yeah. We know that, like, he is, you know, the most ambitious man in the Seven Kingdoms. Right. And, you know, he will do anything to anyone in order to advance himself. And, like, we know that. Right. And, and he gets fine. real creepy in the right. next book. Right, right. And that's, you know, that's where probably the most interesting thing about his character is this, like, creepy obsession that he has with Sansa. Right. Well, it seems like there's this idea that he was really drunk when he banged Lysa. And so he thought it was Catelyn. Yes. And that's why he honestly believed that he took her, you know, uh, whatever they use, maidenhead, I guess. Is that, um, is that how they say it? Yeah, that is how they say it. I No, I think he, I think he knows that it was not... Catelyn. Well, in and that says, case, that would also explain some of his behavior as sort of the, he's lying to himself constantly. He knows that it isn't true, but he's, but this, but it's driving him crazy. I mean, I remember, I remember in the book he's, or I don't know if this is on the show, but I know in the book he says that he took her virginity, but I don't think, I don't think he actually deluded himself into thinking that he did. I think he was just, you know, bragging. Hmm, maybe. I guess I could see it either way. But, okay, so that was, I think I agree that that did work pretty well. What about the replacement of Gendry for Erdrick? Or I, I think it makes sense, again, when you talk about consolidating characters and, you know, and like compositing, compositing multiple characters into, into one. You know, Edric Dane is such a, such a minor character like he does nothing in the books he's just kind of there and he's not really there very much um so he, he's really not important and when you think about the fact that like most of the the you know justification of his existence is so that um um so that uh the red priestess can use his blood because he's you know got the blood of the king because he was right. robert's bastard you know so like if they can use gendry in that same role and we know who gendry is you know, so he's a recognizable character. And Gendry also really doesn't do anything too much after this point in the books that I can remember. So so I think mm-hmm. that it is it's a change that really makes sense um from the point of view of trying to trying to simplify the cast and not have like a million little characters that no one can remember. Yeah, I suppose that makes sense. I think that it gets a little complicated because if he dies, by which I mean Gendry, that might screw up stuff from later. Um, yeah, but you know, also Edric, Edric by the way, doesn't die. Edric Storm doesn't die, so I don't know why Gendry oh, would. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would hope that they would make a mistake with that. Well, but they, I mean, they know what they're going to do. Gendry does pop up again later. How? Okay, but do you remember what happened to Edric? And how it could still work. I remember that something almost happened to Edric. He was going to be killed. Yeah. But then... But then Davos saved him. Right, exactly. So I so think that would still work, because they then... Probably, they'll probably do the same thing. I think That's that would also... That would work to have you know Davos come back you know, into the season to help him out. I feel like that would work, at least from my perspective. Yeah, was that... Is that in in Storm of Swords? I, there's so much stuff that happens in Storm of Swords. I um, I forget I forget where I saw this. Yes, but somebody somebody was mentioning the fact that they split it into two seasons, and that this season, like you know, the climax of the season will be the Red Wedding. Like it seems weird until you realize how much stuff happens after the Red Wedding in the Storm of Swords. There's just just tons and tons of you know plots and action and and like battles and all kinds of stuff that, um, you know, it's, it's sort of easy to forget how much. Hmm. I mean, so, so that's why it's hard for me to keep track of like, when did Davos save Edric? And when did he like come back and read that letter from the night's watch to Stannis and, and all of that, you know, it's, it's kind of hard for me to keep it straight in my head. 
Well, let's see. So what happens at the in the second half? Let's call it. It's called post Red Wedding. Right. Because we don't really know exactly what's going to happen in the tenth episode, which will probably be a few more things. But you know, who knows for sure? I mean, Arya and Sandor are doing something. You know, they keep fighting, and then you know he gets wounded, potentially mortally, unclearly. Right. And then she runs away. Right. And Balin Greyjoy dies at some point. Obviously, Greyjoys. Balin. Yeah, I forgot about the Greyjoys. Remember, it was the Three Kings. That was the whole point. Is that you know Melisandre was implying that it was because of her magic she was able to curse them. Right. Unclear is whether or not that's true, but it is certainly true that all three died. The one that was the weirdest one was Balin, because it seemed like he he died in a wave. Or, you know, like, like basically, he just got swept over a bridge. He got swept off a bridge. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Whereas Joffrey was poisoned, and Rob was killed by because of a conspiracy. Right, right. So those so that's, two... that's another thing that happens. I don't... I don't remember... I feel like Tyrion's wedding possibly happens before the Red Wedding. It does. Know. It does. It does. But obviously, there's, there's Joffrey's wedding, so that's big. I think they're going to have Tyrion's wedding this season, though. Um, probably. It wouldn't make sense to delay it that much. And um, so yeah, so so see. obviously Joffrey's uh, Joffrey's wedding happens afterwards. That, but that's pretty much like the big dramatic ending. Um, there's also all the stuff going on north of the Wall, where the wildlings, you know, attack the Night's Watch in force. Yes, that's well, right, but pretty, that, you know, that... after. After John's whole raid and the whole, you know, when he comes back to the Night's Watch, then there's like an entire battle. Well, I could see Ygritte dying at the, the, the in the tenth episode. What? I could see Ygritte dying in the tenth episode. Um, I could. I mean, there's there's a lot of different ways they could do it. But so that's another thing that happens. Um, and obviously, like Stannis and and Davos, you know, that's I think all that stuff with Edric Storm, I think that happens after the Red Wedding, although Yes, it does. I can't really as I said, it's hard for me to, to remember. Um Oh yeah. obviously the stuff with uh you know Oberyn. Oh happens. yeah, the whole trial. Um how could I forget? After Joffrey's wedding there's even more stuff that happens. I thought Joffrey's wedding was the end. Also, remember, forgot, don't forget that right the, after the, the wedding, wedding Sansa flees. Then there's a, then there's a trial. There's yes. the whole Tyrion's trial, and then the, the combat, and then, you know, the climax at, actually at the end is when Tyrion kills Tywin. That's Which right. happens after all of that stuff. Right, so that's, that would be like a really... That would probably be how they would end it, I would think, the season... Yeah. Or maybe by well, you know what? The cal- you know, the Caitlin thing is, as being a zombie ended the book, probably that would end the season too. <laughs> Cuz that that would work pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, but I, I had forgotten I had forgotten all about Tyrion's trial. Like I, I I didn't even remember all of that, but yeah, all of that happens in Storm of Swords. It's insane. It's insane how mu- how much stuff happens. Right, well, the other things are, so let's see, the other things are Sansa gets kidnapped slash rescued right after, <laughs> right after the wedding. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I wonder, you know, I wonder if they're going to bring Spredantos back. I, I don't think so. I don't think so either, but they had him in the first season for no real reason. Yeah. So, maybe. They didn't have him in the first season. They had him in the second season. Was it the second season? Oh, I guess yeah. it was the second season. In any case, they, but, he's an established yeah. character, slightly. Slightly. <laughs> but yeah, he was like dealing. The thing is, Serdantus was like constantly dealing with it. So it may, they'd have to like reintroduce him in season five, basically. So there is that. There is all the stuff. Well, it would be season four, I think. Not season I mean, five. don't forget, Stannis shows up too in Castle Black. Right. Uh, Bran and company pass Sam and Gilly and go through the secret gate and meet right, those right, right. mysterious cold hands. Right. Who may or may not be somebody that we know. Daenerys discovers the the traitor thing and sends Jorah away. Oh, yeah. 
and and takes over the whole, There's the whole Daenerys story. Right. Right. After the Red Wedding, I don't remember how much of that is after the Red Wedding, but a All significant of it? portion of it is. It's cut. It's very sporadic. Like her, she had the smallest story in Storm of Stories, in terms of just how many chapters she had. Yeah. So, it was very spread out. So most of it was after. In fact, at this point in the book, we hadn't gotten to where we are with Daenerys yet. Okay. I I imagine they're gonna they I mean they can stretch her story out a little bit because like the way it's told in the books there there are these like large gaps in between the chapters of her stories where you know just like stuff happens that that you just hear about so they can they can fill some of that in. All right. So just to end off the episode, I think we should just have a little bit of wild mass guessing here, okay. as they call it on TV tropes. So we okay. know the final episodes, the Bear and the Maiden Fair, we know is going to happen with. Jamie and Brynn has to happen there. Second Sons is the next one. I don't necessarily know what that's going to refer to. What's the title of the episode? See, uh, episode 8 is Second Sons. Second, Second Sons. Sons. Yeah, so what do you think that's about? Aren't the Second Sons... Isn't that the name of some mercenary company? Hmm. 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 I don't know. Well, yes. Yes, okay. So that's right. They were... Okay, that's right. They were. That has something to do with the Yunkai stuff. But right. I have to assume, since they're using that title, that they'll integrate it into other parts of the episode. Like, where it right. with fire, you had also other fire stuff. Just for um, example. I'm trying to think of who is, like, a second son who's, like, you know, a significant yeah. character. Um... I don't know. Tyrion? Tyrion. Uh, who else? That's kind of the best I can think of. Second Sons. Well, okay, so... Bran, I guess? Bran is a second son? Eh, not really. Alright, well, so the season, you know, episode 9 is the Reigns of Castamere. Okay. And, I mean, you remember what Reigns of Castamere comes from, right? Yes. So, since the reason of Castamere is essentially about how Tywin killed people and rained blood everywhere, yes. it would seem to imply that it's probably going to be about the Red Wedding, which would also match up with the other seasons of having, you know... The, the big dramatic thing happened in episode 9. Right. You know, Sean being dying. Yes, yes. A bunch of green explosions. And the final episode of the season is Mysa. M-H-Y-S-A. You probably don't even remember what that means, because I had to look it up. Um, but you might remember. I don't. It. it means mother in Valyrian or Marinese. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that sort of seems to imply a little bit of something, because we do remember all the mother stuff. So we have to assume something's going to happen with that. I don't think that they're going to pull the trigger on the treachery thing. Until the next season. That's just my guess, but what do you think? Well, I mean, if episode 10 is is Danny's invasion of um, Marine, right? Is it Marine? Which, which is the one where she has the ships that she uses like battering rams? Yes. Okay. That, and that's the second city she conquers, or she only conquers two of them, and the third one she, like, makes peace with or something like that? Well, Yunkai, she basically just forces them to give her the slaves. But when she, but Marine basically kills a hundred of their slaves and just leaves their corpses. That's right. So oh, Yunkai, yeah. Yunkai is second, right? And Marine is third? Yeah, Yunkai basically just gives up. He's like, so, okay, here so are our slaves. Yunkai, Yunkai would probably be in season 10. And when they give her all the slaves and then, like, she becomes their mother. And, like, that's probably what that's referring to. That's my that's my wild guessing. Right, so in episode 10... Okay, Yunkai, but then the question is going to be, like, what the hell is going to happen in Danny's story in season 4? Like, okay, there's going to be the, the, you know, the invasion of Marine, but what else? Like, there's... An, 
you know, like there's not too much else to talk about for a whole season. Yeah, I mean, Barristan, you know, is a traitor. Uh, maybe they'll fill in some stuff from later on, too. Maybe they'll bring in some... Di- I think I think Dario is going to show up at some point. No, not Barristan. You mean uh, Jorah. Oh, you're right. Sorry, I misspoke. Yeah, but... Remember, they're both technically traitors. In a matter of speaking. Except at this point, of course, Barristan is already no- shown as, the, as who he is. Whereas right. in the book, at that point... He's like, yes, I was lying to you. At this point, he she already knows, so it's not really going to have the same impact as two people being traitors at the same time. Yeah, they might. I want. Yeah, okay, here's some wild guessing. Maybe All they'll right. have him do something else that she doesn't mm-hmm. like that pisses her off. You know, so she feels betrayed and feels like he has to redeem himself. That you know, something that he never did in the book. Maybe. It's an interesting idea. I don't know if that... The thing is, the problem is that Barrison, you know, becomes kind of important. I don't know. Like, if he says, you know, I know that you think Ned Stark was a butcher, but really he was a good man, or something like that, and she gets pissed off. I mean, that's that's kind of a small thing. It's, you know, not, not something that you send a man to his death over. But, um, you know, something like that. Hmm. So I don't quite remember if Tyrion gets married before or after Rob? If he doesn't... I think it's before. Hmm. Do you not remember? No, I think it is before, because if it was after, it would have been a much bigger deal. Because afterwards, Sansa is, you know, the heir to Winterfell. You know, and like, she would, you know that she becomes, like, a much more attractive prospect at that point. I mean, she was already, they were saying, like, oh, well, yeah, no, you're right. the heir to Winterfell right. or whatever, but, like, after their wedding, she is, like, officially the heir to Winterfell because everyone thinks that Bran and Rickon are dead. Right, yes. Okay. No, you're right. Yeah, the marriage definitely happened before. I'm just trying to think, what's going to be in this final episode? I mean, for season two, is obvious because we it was the end of the book, so we knew what was going to happen. But in this case, we're trying to guess what is it? What is that stopping point? Where are they going to stop? I really have no idea how they're going to cut, stop Theon unless it's just by you know cutting something off, which is possible. You know that yeah. could be. You know it could be that. You know, the, I mean, there's already so we're having. Remember, there are four episodes left, so that's enough for Arya to run away and go, and meet up with Sandor already. Right. And not much happens with that. You know, until late, until after the Red Wedding. Right. But they are, but they're, yeah, they have, because they're there at the Red Wedding, because remember, that's where they're going to. He's bringing her to the wedding, like, as it's happening. Right. Hmm. So maybe, maybe Arya just runs away at the end of the season. What do you mean? At the end of this season? Yeah. But that'll already be after the Red Wedding. I know, but that not that much happened with Arya after the Red Wedding. All, I mean, what um, happened she, was she ended up still with Sander. For yeah, a while. but not for very long. Basically, she has a dream about her wolf. They meet up with some guys who are. Oh, her story ends relatively early. That's what I'm saying. Sander gets wounded. She leaves him dying. Yeah. Finds a ship in salt pans. Right. Heads to the heads to Bravos by using the magic coin, in a matter right. of speaking, and they don't they won't take her and to you, Winterfell. You never see her again, and there's still like two hundred pages left of the book. Exactly. So that would be an interesting way to end it. To end season season three. So you think she wouldn't even be in season four at all? You know, who knows? I mean, we really don't know what's going to happen with season four. I have to assume that they'll do something with her. I think that, that I could imagine that they'll consolidate in some way, but I'm just saying that would be. I mean, remember, we're just we're just doing this guessing here. Just, Arya does not have that much after the Red Wedding. You could fit it all in one episode, theoretically, but maybe they don't want to. Um. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do it all in one episode. 
Because like her, her relationship with the hound, even though she's not with the hound for that long, like her relationship with the hound develops from right. like her you wanting want to, to kill him to actually like starting to like him. And then you know? so and that can't happen like all yeah. at once. Okay, I guess so what do you think? How do you think the season's gonna end? The final episode? Yeah. I mean I feel like we have some good we probably know how the next season will end, most likely. So I think I think the final episode will have Danny freeing the slaves of Yunkai. I think that will be one of the dramatic scenes that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. Hmm. In terms of, in terms of Sam, oh, you know what? The last episode of this season might have Sam killing the other. Okay. That would be an interesting parallel to the end yeah. of the last season. Yeah, I think I think that might happen. I think that might be in the last episode. You know what? Sam killing another. You know what? I think I'm going to be on board with this. All right. Okay. You're on <laughs> board. Right. Welcome let's, aboard. Let's, let's roll the dice and <laughs> see what happens. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a, a good ending, a good capper. Right. So, I guess our normal episode will be up as soon as we can get the theme song completed. But, other than that, I guess, you know, the next time we'll talk maybe is after the next episode at some point, if we can, with all the holidays and the like. Right. All right, but I think we had some good discussions. Okay, great. And this uh, worked out pretty well. So, nerd you later. Nerd you later. <laughs>